Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're going to talk with the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Harvey Hyde. Talking some USC football, kind of a little aftermath of spring football. We want to talk about the quarterback situation and a lot of other stuff. Get to all your questions. If you have questions for us, drop us an email. Let us know who the email's for. If you want it for Dan or myself or Coach Hyde podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address or you can leave us a voicemail we'll play it on the air and you can hear yourself on the Peristyle podcast 641-715-3900 is the number use extension 816646 and it'll get to us and we can play it on the podcast or if you want to go to our website you can leave a voicemail right from your computer or your mobile device uh peristylepodcast.com that's our website so you can check it out all the old episodes are there if you want to subscribe, the best place to do that is on iTunes, iTunes.com slash Peristyle Podcast, all of your little devices that can download podcasts. It's easy to do that from the iTunes page. So iTunes.com slash Peristyle Podcast. All right. Well, let's bring in the coach who I think is uh, off on some remote island somewhere or something. Coach, how you doing, man? What's up? I'm doing great, buddy. I'm on the island of Catalina. It's oh. a little R&R. If I wanted to come back today, I couldn't anyway. On Monday, they've shut the boats down. We've got some wind over here, so a lot of people got stranded. And uh, a lot of people are saying, well, I'm glad I got stranded. The boss just has to understand. And uh, But it's windy here on the islands, windy in Southern California. And I just want to thank everybody for listening, and I'm ready to get going, Ryan. Yeah, let's get going here. Um, it's funny. I thought of you last night, Coach. I, there's a show on AMC called uh, – well, the biggest show is Walking Dead, which uh, my wife and I love to watch. But there's a kind of spinoff, which I don't really like that much, called Fear of the Walking Dead. But it's based in Los Angeles of a zombie apocalypse thing. You know, the world's ending and, and these people go out in a boat. And uh, Catalina Island is one of the, the – that's what I've always said. I'm like, there's a, you know, there's a zombie apocalypse. you got to get a boat and go to Catalina. It doesn't, doesn't seem like it's working all that well for them on the show. But um, thought about you last night, Coach. Zombie zombie apocalypse happens. A lot of people, I think, are going to go over to where you go in Catalina. Well, there's, uh, <laughs> there's space for you. And if that happens, I don't know why you watch that show. I hate that show. You don't like it? Walking Dead? Oh, uh, man. I don't like things negative happening in my oh. life and her seeing those type of things. What's the deal with you, right, man? I'm a, you know, I do a little prepping. I get ready for, you know, earthquakes <laughs> or anything that kind of happens. But I, I love The Walking Dead. I've just... I've not been a huge fan of uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's just not as, it's not as good. Walking Dead, I think it's the most popular show on cable television. So it's it's been oh, it a is. huge success. It yeah. is. It is. I think Game of Thrones is pretty popular too. Now, I missed it, but I taped it last night. I'm going to watch it tonight, man. Oh, okay. At, I got mixed up because I had so many things going on. The Good Wife, Madam Secretary, Game of Thrones. I just can't watch them all at the same time, you know. Oh yeah, that's a lot of them. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I don't have HBO right now. I just like try to keep the bills as you know. But I should probably get it because there's so many good shows on that one. All right. Well, that's a kind of a little side thing, I guess. But I want to talk. You know, you, since you're over in Catalina, I wanted to mention that. But I wanted to thank our sponsor, 
uh, Southern California Tickets, sctickets.com is the website, or give them a call at 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for anything. We've got baseball season starting up now. Go see the Dodgers Angels if you're local here or whatever across the country. We've got hockey playoff, NBA playoff, lots of stuff going on. I think I'm going to go to a Dodgers game, Coach, coming up in uh, in early May. So looking to uh, – I'll go to sctickets.com and get some tickets that way. But good stuff there from sctickets.com. Great day. They take care of you. They really do. They do a good job. They care about you. I've been getting some concert tickets uh, for my daughter there. And she uh, – they got her some tickets for – I forget what it was. Universal – no, not Universal. It was a Greek, the- Greek theater. Uh, and uh, – I said uh, to the ticket agency, hey, you got a too good of tickets. He said, why? He says, she says, Dad, this is the only way to go. We're right <laughs> in the front row. And I said, oh, no. Now we spoiled her on that, Southern California ticket service. It was awesome. Nice. All right. Well, I hope they enjoy the show. Um, okay. So, so it was weird. So last week was last Monday. We kind of recapped the spring game. We had a bunch of questions and, you know, give your thoughts on everything that was going on. The one uh, kind of, you know, the one I that was not dotted was, will Max Brown or Sam Darnold be named the starting quarterback? And it was a little confusing in the week leading up to the spring game with Clay Helton had to come back. You know, he said some things. People assumed he was going to name a starter. Then he had to clarify that the, the next practice. And, you know, he told us after the, the scrimmage on Saturday, the spring game, that by Monday he would they would look at film and make a decision one way or the other if they were going to decide now or um you know in the fall and he doesn't want to go into the season he said you know after the first couple of weeks of fall camp is when they would name someone so Monday evening we all got an email from USC the sports information department that Clay Helton had decided to delay the decision and they would not name a starter at this point so it was apparently close enough in Clay Helton's mind that the starting quarterback was not going to be named. Um, we had, you know, we had a question from Tarek: How long should this competition run into fall camp um, for the quarterback spot? And I just want to get your thoughts, Coach, on that and the decision to not pick a starter uh, after the spring game. Well, and you, I think most people know how I feel on that. Um... From the beginning of spring, even when spring ball started, we did a podcast, and I said it's uh, Max Brown's uh, position to lose. And obviously, if it's this close, then he's the number one guy. You have to be beaten out when it's your turn, and I don't think he's been beaten out, and it's his turn. And when he mentioned after the scrimmage or the spring game, he said that I'll have to wait and see, then it's still Max Brown. Unless Max Brown, unless it's taken from him, it should be his job. And I think the competition part of it is good, too. But you've got to look at the number of years he's been there, the number of years Clay Helton has, has coached him. What has he been there? Three spring practices, two seasons, and you don't know yet if he's your guy? You've got to be able to make that decision. Your team is waiting for that decision so that someone can lead him into the summer workouts and the fall workouts, and all of a sudden you've got a starter. And when you get off the bus down in Alabama, you're ready to play. Now, if for some reason in the fall – Sam Darnold really comes on, then that's a different story. But he's got to take it from him. He should be the guy. He should be the starter. He deserves to be the starter. He's put in his time to be the starter. So that's the way I feel. And I think that the sooner he names that, the better. But obviously, he's made a 
statement now that he has to wait for the fall. So this same type of competition will go out, go on all uh, summer, and two quarterbacks will be out there trying to set the drills and tell the guys when to work out and all of the above, and no one will know who the real guy is. So I really think you've got to do it. And if it's even, it's Max Brown's job. I mean, I don't know why that wouldn't be Max Brown's job. So, you know, I'm just, that's the way I feel on this. And I think that it's only fair, first of all. And I think that Sam Darnold's doing a great job, nothing against him, by pushing him. But I think you've got to make a statement and say, we made a decision. This is what we're going to do. This is the guy. Now let's go with it. And until someone proves to us that it's, if it's still even, it's Max Brown. If the other guy is better, then it's Sam Darnold. But right now, it should be Max Brown. If it's even a tie, it should be Max Brown. That's really the way I feel about it, because it affects the team in so many different ways ways off the field going into the fall camp. You know, Coach, we uh, at least what, what Clay Helton was saying, that you know he would look at it for a couple of weeks in fall camp if they delayed the decision, which they obviously did. Tark wanted to know how long do you think that will – do you think that will go that long? Do you think they'd name it early? And, and what are your thoughts on as far as that waiting? Like, it, you know, in fall, obviously it didn't work all that well in I think it was 2013 when they never named a starter at all and they waited till the third game of the season. Uh, Clay Helton made it clear he doesn't want to do that. But what are your thoughts on when you should do it during fall camp? Well, you know, if you're saying now you made a statement you're going to wait till a couple of weeks in fall camp, then Sam Darnold's expecting that too. You got to give him two weeks to try to beat out Max Brown. So Max going to have that pressure on him again to continue to compete. Uh, not that he shouldn't have pressure on him, but he's got to take over the role of the starter, whoever it's going to be. If it's going to be Sam Darnold, then name him. Don't be afraid to name him. If he's the best and he's the guy you want to go with, hey, the kids know who's the best. But you, as a coach, that's your position to say, hey, this is our guy. And he's going to be the starter, and you've got to do it right away. But now I don't see how you can do that, because how can you give Sam Darnold or whoever enough turns to make a real decision in the fall? Because, you know, you've got two weeks, but you've only got uh, so many days that you can hit and scrimmage and do the things that are necessary to really show who's really making the progress in a full-speed uh, scrimmage. So uh, I would have made the decision and go with it, and make it Max Brown's position, give him the turns with the number one unit, give Sam some terms, ter, uh, some turns, but not not with number one, and, and see what happens. Uh, you just got to do that stuff. You've got to make a decision. That's what you're getting paid for between him and his brother and T. Martin, the offensive coordinator. Make a decision. Who is it? And let's move on. All right, Coach. Uh, thanks for that one. little quarterback chatting there let's see um we got our, our buddy neil over in manila we love the international questions he just i mean he wants to know how do you think usc's progress is are, are you guys optimistic on where they are as a team now and where they are compared to last year and how do you think usc's defense will fare stopping running backs of alabama christian mccaffrey freeman etc thanks fight on love you guys neil from manila well, I, I look at it this way. I think they're farther ahead as far as uh, their offensive line and their offense. And I like the defensive schemes they're using better than what they did last year. Of course, they've lost some defensive linemen, but I'm not going to use it as an excuse anymore. But you've got some great defensive linemen who have got to line up and play. 
That's just the way it is. So uh, you've got a great roster, and I think it really comes down to what the coaches do with these players and how they put them in a position where they can win. Uh, I really think that, uh, uh, well, you know, I think they, sh- they should be able to win the Pac-12. I think one of the most important games on their schedule. Now, I'm getting optimistic when I say this, and I don't like to do this because it puts extra pressure on people. If they lose a game here or there, then everybody thinks, oh, man, it's not going to happen. That's not right. I think one of the most important games on their schedule next year is Washington at Washington. Not that, you know, Stanford's not going to be a tough game, and all of them are going to be tough games. But I think they have the personnel. I think they can – they get the things done, and they play smart football, and they utilize their players both offensively and defensively and improve the special teams, they have the potential to do that. I think Oregon's going to be down a little bit. I think Washington's going to be good. And I think Stanford's going to be down a little bit, and maybe it's better to get them early. I know they've got a lot of new players, too, and you're playing at Stanford, but so what? you got to play at Alabama. you got to play a lot of teams on the road. If everybody can beat you. you got to go to Salt Lake City. But if you play up to your potential and you don't make stupid mistakes and you have a rhythm with the coaching staff and you utilize your players and you don't have a lot of plays, but the plays you do, you do well. You do them better than anyone else can because you practice them more over and over and over and they don't see them as often. So you should be better than they are. And you have a complete series, both offensively and defensively, and you understand no breakdowns in the secondary. No breakdowns on defense. Everybody does their job. You settle up. You tackle. You penetrate. You don't allow big plays. Occasionally, you'll get them. And the same thing on offense. You ground the ball out. You don't expect big plays, but when they come, that's part of the game. That's what you have, an explosive type of offense. But learn to do it the hard way. I think they're talking about the things that need to do as far as being tougher in the running game. And they talk about the things that are necessary. But I think you've got to do more of it, and it comes from the way you practice and the attitude of the coaches and the players. So I'm going to be watching it more in the fall. Ryan, you've been at every practice in the spring. I think they've moved ahead a little bit, but it's the same exact offense, and I want to see if they're going to take advantage of Like in the spring, you didn't see really any type of counters, fly sweeps, any type of uh, fullback action at all, or two-back sets hardly at all, or fullback runs or power type of offense sets that you really – would see or you believe to see with the USC football team. Now, I saw some goal line situations where they look pretty strong and running the ball in there, but you got to be able to do that consistently. We've gained confidence not only on the goal line situation, but all over the field. You can't allow stupid mistakes to beat you. You've got to be better than your opponent, and you've got to make your opponent beat you. Don't beat yourself. And that's one thing USC has done sometimes They've beaten themselves. They've broken down. They've had a delay a game. They've got a penalty that they shouldn't have had. And you and I talked before the show here this morning about a penalty that should have been called uh, in the spring game but was never noticed and never said much about that. At least I noticed that maybe they did in the film and everything else. But when Juju Smith-Schuster caught that touchdown pass over the middle from Sam Darnold, he went up and spiked the ball over the goalpost. And uh, the official back there threw a flag. Well, there wasn't much notice to that. At least I didn't see it, and maybe someone else saw it. But that would have been a great opportunity to pass on a message to the team that we don't do those type of things by calling him over, not yelling at him. Call him over, put your arm around him, and say, Juju, you're done today. 
go over to the sideline, you're through, because we cannot have those type of penalties, because against Alabama, that type of play will beat us. Look where we'll be kicking off from. And now, for two reasons, you'd accomplish, or you'd accomplish a lot of things. First of all, the team would have said, wow, they don't accept that type of thing from anybody. I'm not going to do that. If they set him down, they'll set anybody down. Plus, he didn't need to prove anything, so you'd have also helped yourself in case you you didn't want him to get hurt anyway. And if you're worried about injuries, there's a guy, a way of passing on a message to everyone, hey, we're not going to accept that. Plus, in the back of your mind, you say, hey, it gives an opportunity for other people to play, and uh, he's not going to get hurt. Now, he might be a little mad at you, but you've got to do the things that are necessary to make yourself a better football team by sending a message to everyone, not just to him, but to everyone. Hey, Coach, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. We were talking about that kind of before the show. What? Do, how do you balance that? Like, if it's a spring game and you're trying to, you know, entertain the people that are there, do you let players do things like that where it's just having going out and having more fun? Or does it have to mimic exactly what would be called in a game? And you're saying, hey, you can't do that. Um, and, you know, you could argue that part of it is they're trying to entertain the 23,000 people that came out, you know, on a Saturday afternoon to watch a spring game. So how do you kind of balance that for, for something like that, a spring showcase or whatever? Well, let me put it this way. You don't entertain people by getting penalties or doing dumb things. Okay. Uh, you know, he came out with a statement. I've heard everybody say, we're not Hollywood anymore. We're blue collar team. Well, that's Hollywood. When you do that type of acting or entertaining, that's Hollywood. Can't allow that. I mean, everybody will know who you are by just performing. You don't have to tell them who you are. And that's the same reason they don't have their names on the back of the jerseys. People will figure out who you are when you do great things. And people appreciate that type of action. When you act like, you know, this is the way we play football at USC. We tuck our jerseys and we look sharp. We don't get stupid penalties. We're a football team. That's a team. We, wherever we go, we travel as a team. We act like a team. We get off the bus as a team. We dress in the locker room like a team. Before we leave the stadium, we sweep the locker room. So when the custodian comes in to clean the locker room after we're gone, he says, my gosh, it's all cleaned already. But that's the image that you have in your football program. And those are the type of things that you want the kids to understand and know. Uh, as part of practice, remember, every day you practice and you form habits. Well, those habits carry over into a game. So you've got to eliminate the negative habits that you have and utilize those energies that you can positively within the structure of your football program. All right, Coach, good stuff. Let's uh, let's move on. We have a question from Jim. He says, great show. Keep up the great work. Is there any reason to be optimistic that Clancy, he's talking about Clancy Pendergast, uh, will be at USC for a while? I mean, more than just a couple of seasons. He tends to move around a lot, and he has spent more time in the pros than he has in college, and he doesn't seem to like recruiting a lot. Fight on from Jim. Well, I'm going to say this for our listeners, Clancy Pendergast. I want to make sure everybody understands that I'm trying to say his name properly. I guess last week I was in a hurry. I talk fast sometimes, and I mispronounce his name, and I apologize to everybody. And I appreciate the gentleman, Tyler, who sent me a, an email saying, Coach, get it together. And I'm trying to get it together for you, Tyler. So thank you very much for that message. Uh, you know, you can't really uh, know what a coach is going to do. Uh, you know, today there's not much loyalty in coaching. There's not much loyalty in players. Before, you know, 
kids would stay at a school for four years because of the loyalty that they had in the university and they didn't want to leave and they never left. They're always part of the university with a degree and coaches always were there because they were part of a contract and a contract meant so much to them. But today, uh, you know, coaches are getting bought out of their contracts. Coaches are moving. Uh, coaches are being fired with still three years left on their contract for certain reasons. So the loyalty part of being a coach today is a little bit different. And it also is a little bit different with the players. It's got to be, you know, if he leaves, he leaves. Uh, you certainly want him to stay, but he's a great coach. And I'm going to tell you, he is a great coach, and he really – knows what he's doing with his schemes and kids love to play for him. And I love the style that he has. So, you know, but I hate to say it this way, but sometimes you got to look out for yourself. There's, you know, you could, you can be said, what a great game that was last week. But, you know, I used to coach on Saturday night. We'd win a game. And on Sunday I'd join it. I, I, I would enjoy it up to reading the newspaper. And when I went in the office, there's another game, another thing. You're only as good as your last game. Something could happen during that week or something could happen that where all of a sudden you're gone. I had an instance once uh, at a university where uh, the college president, we had our football banquet. We had a great banquet. College president got up there and says, you haven't seen anything yet. This is the best coaching staff I've ever been around. and I've been all over the place. This is the great, we're going to increase things. We're going to do what we're going to do here. We're going to put this university on the map. And I said, wow, golly, that's great. The boosters stood up, they clapped him, they applauded him and all of this. The next day I got a memo from the president's office, from the athletic director, cutting my budget, $250,000. And I said, what? Did everybody hear what he said last night? And I got a memo the next day cutting my budget, $250,000. So. Sort of tells you, you know, you got to do what's best for yourself. I turned down once a job in the pack. It was a pack 10 then. And it might have been something I shouldn't have done, but I had loyal, loyalty to the school, the university, and the kids I recruited. I loved those kids. I loved the university. In fact, we had beaten that school when I was at that school. So I said, why do I need to go there? We've already beaten them here. But the next year, I had a problem. They thought it was necessary to make a move on me, and they did. I was sort of the opening act for the Jerry Tarkanian show when they got in the next year. So uh, you got to think. So, you know, it's hard to say, should he stay, should he move? Loyalty is great, but sometimes you got to worry about yourself and your family. Makes sense, Coach. Uh, all right, let's see. Let's move on. we got a couple more for you. Okay, this one, Stephen Virginia. He said last year... Uh, John U. Bacon published a fascinating book called End Zone, The Rise, Fall, and Return of Michigan Football, which essentially gave a behind-the-scenes look at Michigan's athletic department. Under former athletic director uh, Dave Brandon, I highly recommend reading it in the offseason for the peek behind the curtain into the inner workings and politics of an athletic department at a major university from multiple points of view. Uh, Yeah, thanks, uh, Steve. I'll have to check that book out. I have not seen it yet, but that's something I can download to my little... uh, uh, Kindle thing there. He said, my question is, and uh, I don't think this is going to happen, but the, would you or any of your colleagues ever consider writing such a book about Pat Hayden's time as athletic director at USC? 
His tenure seems ripe for this sort of peek into the psyche of people within the department and so many tumultuous events uh, occurring during his time in the position. As Hayden rides off into the sunset and fans consider his USC legacy, I think there are so many interesting stories to be told about Hayden and the people around him. What do you think? Th- thanks and fight on. Stephen, Virginia. What do you think, Coach? Well, Stephen, Virginia, I'm going to tell you I'm not going to write it, okay? Uh, because I don't know enough about it to write. I couldn't even write a book of myself. I'd have to have a ghostwriter. I don't know if you people know that, but there's so many ghostwriters. I'm sure you understand that. You sit down and you start telling them stories, and they just start putting it all together, and they come up with a great book. But I don't have the background. I know Ryan. Maybe you don't have. Maybe you have the background, or somebody does. But I, I don't. I don't see any reason for that. I mean, on my end, and I don't know enough to really make it a book that's uh, enough of authentic, you know, things that I knew that I never sat in a meeting with Pat Hayden, or I never sat at the country club with Pat Hayden or played golf with Pat Hayden to know exactly stories that he's talked about and to make a book. Maybe it'd be a great book. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe the university will do it. Uh, Ryan, you do many things. Maybe you should do it, you and your staff. But myself, I have no interest in doing that. Yeah, like I, you know, I think that probably was a directed towards the staff, uscfootball.com. Like maybe like a Dan Weber could do something like that. Um, I just don't think as far as I, I just don't think you're going to get a lot. Uh, Pat Hayden, the end of his tenure. I mean, he's not, while he's the athletic director, isn't really talking about athletic director stuff. I can't see him coming back and sitting down with some author uh, unless it's someone, if it was something directed by him, like, like coach was saying, like he had a ghost writer kind of write what his versions of stuff was, but to have someone come in there from the outside and do a bunch of interviews and try to, you know, give you a feel for what was going on there. He's just been very, um, I just don't think it's been the most open, uh, you know, athletic department. And I, I don't think it would be a great fit for something like that just because of it's been, you know, it's been crazy and there's been a lot of controversy. And I think Pat Hayden throughout his life, I mean, he's been amazing at everything he's done. I don't know if this is the first time he's really been criticized by his family. You know, the Trojan family, they've been very critical of him. And I think it's been difficult with, and with the health issues and stuff. To me, it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Not that I would want to do it anyway, but someone on my staff or even anyone that covers the USC beat, I just don't think you would get uh, the kind of stuff that it sounds like the, the book on Michigan uh, was very insightful. Um, I, my guess would be that it just wouldn't, turn out the same you wouldn't get the same kind of uh great inside stuff that you would get that at that michigan book i agree 100 percent. I, I i think it's time to move on and i think it's time now for a new era and try to get things rolling again uh, pat came in under what i thought was a difficult situation uh as everyone knows there's goods and bads during everyone's administration everybody always thinks of the bads rather than the goods uh, you know, everybody second guesses everybody, including myself, on the way things should be handled uh, against the NCAA, should they have gone after him, should they have sued him, all those type of things that have happened during his tenure there. But now I think it's time to move on. I think it's now to get the time to get back and become a Trojan athlete department and family the way it's supposed to be. I think it's time to dominate. And if everybody remembers the term domination, I, I think that's what Lynn Swan talks about. I think 
When I hear Lynn Swan make the comment, we've got to upgrade our schedule. Wow. Upgrade your schedule. I don't know how you can get much tougher. It's probably the toughest schedule in America, but in a bad term to hear. I really believe that. He comes from a national championship at USC. He knows what the football fraternity is all about. He knows what winning is all about. You lose. You, you do the same thing in business. For you that are business people out there, when you make money, you're winning. When you lose money, you're losing. I say every day is a game day for me. At the end of the day, did I win today or did I lose today? And the things I need to accomplish. So I think he's that type of guy. I think he's got. I think he's going to be hands on, as far as with the people below him. I don't think he's going to get out there and tell people how to coach, how to do this, sit in offensive meetings, defensive meetings, do these different type things that some administrators did. Mike Garrett never did it. I know Pat did. At least I heard he did. I didn't see it, but I understand he would talk to the players all the time and and uh, find out what's going on and this and that. I don't think Lynn Swan will do that. I think he'll separate himself like a CEO of a company. He'll have everything presented in front of him like he did before he broadcast the game. He had all of his notes and people that would tell him who's playing, all the things that are necessary, and he'll make the necessary decisions on exactly what needs to be made in the athletic department regarding budgets, coaches, and the whole package. I think you'll see a different type of administration than you've had uh, with Pat Hayden. Well, speaking of administration, that's our last question. Uh, Eric in Duck Country, and um, this is this is interesting, talking about how Lynn Swan will, like, handle the NCAA stuff. And uh, one of the, the aspects, I'm not sure if people realize this, but um, Dave Roberts, who's the you know current VP of compliance is, was uh, is now a member on the uh, committee on infractions for the NCAA. So the, basically the committee that you know screwed over USC, USC now has a member on that committee. Um, I, to me, that's not a good sign of, a new administration would go after the NCAA coach. Um, you know, basically you're playing ball with the the bully that beat you up earlier. Uh, if you want to put it in lamest terms, but so just noting that, that USC now has a member on the committee on infractions, Eric and duck country wrote it. And he said, let's be honest. If Lynn Swan goes after the NCAA, everyone, including all of the naysayers will love him. Is going after the NCAA, even a possibility anymore. Um, with all of the evidence coming out against in the McNair case, the precedent set by Penn State, it seems like it'd be a slam dunk. And for the sake of fantasy, what could USC really expect to get out of this? Uh, re- reinstatement of wins, a new BCS trophy, extra scholarships. Thanks for everything, uh, Eric in Duck Country. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think it's a makeup call. You always hear about officials doing, a, you know, blowing a call and doing a makeup call. I think they're trying to prove a point of let's get a USC guy now on our compliance committee and they've got the president now at USC and what in charge of the uh, playoff committee I mean it's all makeup because you didn't go through and do the necessary things that, that could have been done under the past administration on the way that certain things were handled and accepted by the university I think 90% of the people out there felt that the university, as you just mentioned, got screwed and nothing was done about it. You just sit back and watch it. They gave you everything but the death penalty. They thought that any other university, that would have buried them. But at USC, they still came through. You still had a great season. You had one 10-game winning season. And uh, they were they were to bury you. They got tired of you beating up everybody, Ryan. 
They got tired of Pete Carroll. They got tired of the dominance of USC winning. Uh, we're coming to play away from the Texas game of winning another national championship. And the Pac-12 sort of liked it too because they were getting beat up and USC was winning every game. They were getting beat up too, so they sort of set back and allowed it to happen. I didn't see anybody, the commissioner, saying, hey, we don't believe in this. we got to get together, or a conference getting together and saying, hey, this is a member of our conference, and get behind it and say, this is not right the way this was handled. No one did, because it was a way of trying to slow down more dominance of USC in football. And Paul Dees now is gone. He's passed on. He was the chair of of that committee that put that all together. And I think it's best to let it go, make it be a part of the past. What are you going to do about it? I mean, but I'll tell you one thing, Reggie Bush should get his Heisman Trophy back. And first of all, I'll say it again and again and again. I'd have never given it back. I'd have told him, if you come into my house, I'm going to have you arrested for breaking in and entering. That's not yours. You gave that to me. And that had nothing to do with what I did on the playing field. And I don't know why they forced him to do that. And I don't know why the university did that or took the, didn't they take his number down or something and he couldn't come on the campus? Tell me, right? It's been so long. Ago. Isn't that true? Well, yeah. So, yeah, Reggie Bush voluntarily gave the Heisman back. That really has nothing to do with the NCAA. That's a Heisman trust thing. Yeah, um, but they asked for it, didn't they? So that's a separate thing. Well, they, the NCAA told, said USC has to disassociate itself with Reggie Bush. So couldn't have his that likeness, is. couldn't have his number, all that kind of stuff. So that, that is ridiculous. Like a lifetime ban. You're not allowed to ever talk about this player again. And you know, what was he doing? You know, according to the NCAA, he was ineligible for some games and now he's banned forever. That doesn't make any sense. I don't get the lifetime ban thing. That's probably the most ridiculous of everything. That, that really is. I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I would think as a conference commissioner or somebody, a, a part of that, that there'd be a, some type of uh, thing put together and he'd get his tro- trophy back or, I don't know. That that would just sick me when I heard all that. I don't even get into that anymore. Okay, yeah. and I know our listeners don't want to hear that anymore, but to have those type of things happen is stupid. All right? Just stupid. And those are those are mostly all PhDs making those decisions, okay? So common sense is a lot better than having a degree <laughs> like that. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more, Coach. Um, yeah, all right. Well, cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, it, it was good. I just wanted to bring up that topic because it is – it is kind of interesting that USC now has a member on the Committee of Infractions. So, um, Dan Weber, you know, we can talk with him more about that stuff. He loves getting it. <laughs> getting oh, into yeah. All that. Dan, Dan's, Dan's, a, Dan's the commissioner himself. Yeah. He gets fired. Dan up. will love to get into that. He'll have all those reasons behind the scene and, you know, all of that. But, Dan, you keep it up. We'll listen to him. All right. Well, coach, good stuff. Thanks for uh, coming on and uh, do a little like postmortem of, uh, you know, the, the spring game aftermath. We'll, uh, Encourage everyone to send in your questions if you want coach to comment on anything USC football and enjoy the rest of your time out in Catalina. I'm going to, and guys, I, I want to thank you all for sending in questions. It's sort of a period of time now, really, where there's uh, finals coming up and school's going to come to an end and maybe uh, a few recruiting, uh, well, recruiting is going on. It never stops. Announcements and recruiting, but it's sort of a time, you know, where we can answer questions for you that maybe we don't, we don't get to during the regular season because of the, what we're talking about. So if you have any questions out there on anything, please let us know. Travel safely out there and always buckle up. All right. Thanks, Coach. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow me at Inside Troy. 
Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.